Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer, one random movie at a time. My name is... My name is... My name is... Chicken, 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 chicken. <laughs> that's not your name. <laughs> what? <laughs> Alright, I'll read one more time. No, 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 that's fine. Okay. My name... My is... name is Aaron. And my, my phone's name. ringing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My name is Joel. Thank you, Bo. My name is Sarah. The movie this week. All my life I wanted to fly like the birds that you see way up in the sky. Making circles in the morning sun, flying high in the sky till the day is done. I can't break away. Like a child in his face. was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989, starring Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, George Carlin. And there is a whole mess load of people. I mean, go on IMDb and just try to narrow down. Maybe they're not mostly recognizable names, but you're going to see a few that you're going to recognize, or at least faces. There's a lot of, hey, it's that guy faces. And musicians and other stuff like that. It's a really interesting cast. Uh... Okay, I can't. We can't go into this. I love this movie. So, uh, Aaron, <laughs> uh, let's let's give a no, no. I don't trust Aaron. That's fine. I don't Ever trust Aaron either. He's a side and you got that laser eye put in. You've just been less trustworthy. Well, laser eyes are way better than being like a sparkly vampire, or you know, what's wrong? Are something you, like that. I happen to be a cyber very eyes handsome, are cool. Handsome, uh, sparkly <laughs> vampire. <laughs> That's great. Let's establish that you're a robotic man. I'm not a sparkly vampire. <laughs> this was Sarah's pick. So, Sarah, I'd like you to synopsize the movie. Hey, I said it right this time. Well, now I'm kind of embarrassed because it was my pick and now I have to, like, own it. And I do feel more dorky for oh, liking this movie don't. as much as I do. You're not you're not dorky at all. It could have been Definitely. worse. But I kind of analyzed why I like it so much this time, and there's a lot of reasons. Um, one of the reasons I liked it when I saw it, okay, I was eight or nine when I saw it, and it just kind of blew my mind as an eight or nine-year-old. Um, you definitely didn't see it in the theater. I don't think I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I kind of have a memory of seeing it in the theater, but I wonder if I imagined it. And Aaron's pointing at himself. Oh, I, I did actually see it in the theater. Crazy! Sure. Wow. He doesn't love the movie as much as we do, but he I, saw it in the theater. Yeah, it's 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 fun. No, it's fun, yeah. It's totally. fun. It's yeah. totally excellent. It's, a, you know, yeah. <laughs> totally fun, enjoyable movie, but for some reason it is ingrained into mine and Sarah's soul. So it's going to be difficult to talk about this. It's like when I tried to get you to criticize Escape from New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can be I can be subjective towards no, this film. No, I, I know you can. I, I mean, I mean, there are definitely some fun moments. If I start screaming, I apologize in advance. <laughs> Synopsis. Yeah. Um. I was thinking. Okay, I'll just explain the movie first for anybody who hasn't seen this movie yet. It's excellent. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's about these two guys who are kind of uh, ignorant at the beginning. They are failing history, and they have to figure out how to pass by getting a good grade on their history report. Um, so that's sort of the setup for the story. And then, uh, George Carlin comes in this futuristic telephone booth, um, from somewhere and tells them that 
they can use this time machine telephone booth to go through time, and that's how they'll pass their history exam, which is kind of crazy that that is the story. Um, and uh, so, you know, it's Keanu Reeves starting off with his whole thing everybody knows him for now, the woe and the whole thing. Um and then they start going back through time and getting all of these historical... They're pretty much caricatures. And watching it this time, I saw even more that it's, it's you know, aimed at kids. When I was a kid, I watched this and I thought, oh, this is for teenagers. Totally, this is for teenagers. Now I watch it and I think it's for kids. It was for kids. And... But it was supposed to sort of make them feel like they were watching a movie for teenagers. And um, so anyway, yeah, the story goes along. They're going through time in this telephone booth. And uh, just a lot of a lot of crazy things happen. And uh, yeah, I was trying to figure out why it's so near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and this time I think I figured out it's because... Um, I really like the idea that even though they say a lot of stupid things in the movie, um, they end up doing things their own way and succeeding. And I think I, at that age, saw school and other things as sort of being really regimented. And I think I really liked the idea of them being able to go out and have autonomy and do things their own way and succeed at it and actually get, you know, praise from adults for doing things their own way. And and coming through those experiences, it seems like they actually did come out with knowledge, like not just and it and it is it's a silly movie. It's really silly. They say stupid things and it's it's funny. It's hilarious. But the uh, the feeling I took away from it is um as a kid, I just sort of thought it was a fun watch and uh, and that teenagers could go out and do crazy things. And I don't know. I, I knew you couldn't travel through time in a telephone booth, but I thought the idea was pretty cool. <laughs> as far as you know, you can't travel through time in a telephone booth. I mean, we, when was the last time you saw a telephone booth? You can't test this out nowadays. <laughs> True. So, in a movie for children, but it does have, like, a couple of moments where you're just like, oh, you know, right? The, the, the concerned parent in me came out when, um, with the scene where, where Ted, uh, or Bill and Ted are in Ted's bedroom. Bill's with, room. Or, yeah, Bill's room, excuse me. Bill's room, and, and, uh... You know, Bill's mom's there, and they're both just kind of, like, ogling her, basically, and, you know, it's revealed that, that Bill, Bill's mom, you know, graduated, you know, sometime within the time they were in high school, and and, and Bill's dad comes in, and just, it's like, he's, I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than he's like, kids, why don't you go out and, you know, go out in the streets and do some history, and I'm gonna probably just have a great time with your mom <laughs> in your room, like... Yeah. I, and and before the the most recent viewing of this of this, I was totally ignorant of that scene entirely. Like it didn't even connect until I was sitting down and on, on uh, Joel's couch and just watching it. And I was just like, "What? What?" Well, well, you know, it kind of reminds me of Fast Times, and I had never seen that movie till way later. And when I saw that. I was like, huh, this is kind of like Bill and Ted's. And then it's like full on nudity and everything. And so I almost wonder now if like the sexual innuendo and stuff that happened in this was like partially the era and the MTV stuff, but maybe partially because of Fast Times. I don't know. but Possibly. Possibly. But yeah, that, 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 that was the one scene that really stuck out last time. I was like, whoa. Like the concerned parent me was like, well, I better change the channel, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. What, a, what are we getting ourselves into? I actually, I gave this to my nine-year-old nephew for his birthday. Excellent. And, um... It was so funny because I knew it was dated, and um, just this year, I gave it to him, and w the first time we watched it together, initially, he goes, 
do you know what the word dude even means? It's a stupid thing to say. And I said, oh, yeah, you know, it was just what people said back then. And then next time I saw him, he start, he was saying dude all the time. It was just <laughs> took, took just a few viewings of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, and I think that it's still fun for kids today, even. And I'm glad I got to share that with them because my aunt shared this movie with me oh. as a kid. So, um, so now <laughs> I'm an aunt sharing it with my nephew. That's so cool. It's silly. It's a silly movie, and I feel silly liking it as much as I do. (laughs) Why would you you feel like you had anything to uh, that you should be ashamed of about this particular? I don't know. I feel like it's. I feel like people would see it as like a lowbrow choice or something. (laughs) I don't think it's any more lowbrow than say Forrest Gump. Really, like the the, it's. I mean, it's kind of something just to, you don't mull over this movie. I mean, you can. That's what we're doing right now. We're going to mull over it. Yeah. But uh, it's entertainment. Yeah. And it's uh, like, I guess somebody could say this is a bad movie, and I can see why somebody would say that, because... Because they're lame. Yeah, they don't like to have fun. Yeah, they're kind of lame. They're kind of lame. They're just immediately like, "Oh, that movie sucks." Like, what? Because every movie I have to watch has to be serious and must be totally grounded realism and and make sense and have great you know moral compass and 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 meaning meaning. And I have no fun, and all my walls are gray. And I don't know. That's how that's how I picture would really hate this movie. Define my life. Sarah can confirm that I am a fun stealer. I, I mean, I, I suck the fun out of any movie that has an inkling of it. <laughs> and I still, even watching this, you know, being a, a film snob of a sort, I, critically, I can't fault this movie on a lot. It has a coherent story for the most part. It, its dialogue is not bad. Its acting is definitely not bad. Uh, what what else am I supposed to do? I mean, <laughs> I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes rating on it, and it has a pretty high score. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a, a hundred or anything, <laughs> but I think it was like almost eighty. That's like, really good. Yeah. That's pretty high for a yeah. Movie. And I don't. I mean, yeah, I watched it with a more critical eye this time, and I did see a couple of moments that were like, "This is aimed at a kid," like the <laughs> like the Abraham Lincoln's. Lincoln saying, party on, dudes. Well, the whole mall scene is kind of... Yeah. It's that mall scene. It's so great, though. It's I so mean, good. Who cares? Yeah. It's like <laughs> a list of activities that I want to do. I want to uh, start beating, breaking things apart with a baseball bat while I'm in a sports store. I want to just take over an aerobic thing. Well, <laughs> aerobic thing, you can't do that. They don't do those in malls anymore. They did, for sure. In well, our day, yeah. the, the film the film is very honest. I guess you would say with its intentions, uh, unlike a lot of other movies where you know there's like always a switch or a bait or something going on. This film is like straightforward. Like from the beginning, we need to finish this report. We ha- you know how would they like this town? So they go get the guys and they show them, and then they find out how they like the town. You know, yeah. like it's very straightforward. <laughs> you know, there's no hidden message. There's no you know M Night Shyamalan like you know the twist at the end. You that, know? that must have been their intention from the beginning, giving them the time machine because that's I mean that's what he. Well, I don't know. He doesn't. When Rufus gives them the time machine, he doesn't say like you need to kidnap oh, no. from time, right? He like Not just takes him to like look at what was actually happening. Exactly. Napoleon happens to get drawn in. Yeah. But uh I was what was I going to say? I was I was gonna say maybe somebody criticizing the movie would have been like, well why don't they just go back in time for like a month and study and then <laughs> you know, write the report or something like that. Like, yeah, that's a freaking interesting in eh, eh. words. <laughs> yeah, that's a freaking interesting. I can't say the word interesting. Is it a word anymore, guys? In, Add me a in, interesting. Interesting. Inter in instant noodle. Fun bien mien. Fun bien mien. So, what were you going to say before I stood up? Oh, I was just going to say. 
um, as a story, as a linear story, it's basically these kids are trying to pass their history class. Um, but there's this other, like, kind of story happening at the same time that's about the past and the future and about how a chain of events can cause something to happen or not happen. And that's more, you know, it's really told in a silly way that's really sort of a easy to understand for a kid, but, um, but pretty smartly written. I would say there's some jokes that you don't get until you're older if you watched it as a kid. Um, but, uh, the, I know Joel and I were talking about the, the soundtrack being just out of control on this movie. (laughs) And, uh, I wonder if people like it as much as we do. And the clothes too. The clothes are out of control. Fabulous. What's, what's wrong with Bill's shirt? It's a belly shirt. <laughs> He's got a bare midriff. Bare midriff. And a hand-drawn stallion on, on the back on of his, it. On his right shoulder, right? Yeah. That is some cool customized clothes yeah. that he made for himself. Fancy. <laughs> and I used to see people dressed uh, like Ted dresses in the movie around in, you know, in Fillmore. Oh man, I just gave away where we're from. In uh, <laughs> Southern California, all the time. I went in San Dimas. In Sa- I never went to. I San went to the mall today, and I saw two ladies with their jackets wrapped around their waists. It's coming back, man. I thought you were going to say they were dressed like Ted. They were. No. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't even need to see like Ted's head. I just see that outfit, and like it's Ted. Like it's such like an iconic image now yes. that it's like. Well, and the the one with the orange, like the shirt tied around the waist and the, um, yeah, I don't know. I just see it as being like, well, they did this, they did the cartoon, they did the toys, like they hit that pretty hard after the movie came out. They, as kids, we were just sort of brainwashed by the animated show and the. I only remember a single episode, and that was where they went back to ancient Greece again, or maybe it was Rome, and accidentally tore the toga of uh, whoever the Caesar was, and uh, they started like a fashion revolution where everybody was like, oh, yes, it's great to only have one shoulder on your robe. Uh. Why am I talking about that? (laughs) It's all good. We want to... Hmm. Talk about the music, because uh, that's... Uh, e, uh, uh, what is it? What kind of music is it? I mean, it's rock, right? But does it seem like it's a certain kind? Well, the dialogue is pretty heavy on, on the fact that, that Bill and Ted both enjoy, heavy. like, metal metal, oh, and rock. Right. Like, you know, the references to, to Van Halen, Iron the, Maiden, <laughs> Iron Maiden the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. Slayer. Definitely. What, no, what did they say? They said, um... Uh, at the speech at the end, there was the Bon yeah, Jovi reference. Yeah, Bon Jovi. <clears throat> oh, and then, and, then, and then who was the one who was ridiculed uh, at the time? Um, crap. Oops. <laughs> I, think, I think they were supposed to kind of be losers in their own school, which was funny to me because I always saw them as being cool. Because they actually couldn't play. That was the thing. Yeah. They really wanted this band to happen, but then... Yeah. <laughs> they were a couple of big dreamers that weren't willing to put the work into it until it was down to the deadline. Maybe they were just, yeah, slackers. Yeah. couple of slackers. <laughs> it's a terrible movie to show kids that don't do anything, and eventually it all work out. I think that it's silly because it's like you've got the fish out of water stuff where they're in the opposite time and then they bring the historical figures back to the modern time. So it's like you get all of these silly interactions of like the... Just the vignettes of like, uh, yeah, exactly how they're interacting with the the other times and uh, what they think. Like, when they go to the Old West, they think, this is how you act. Howdy, partner. And it kind of seems like they're right. Who knows if that's... (laughs) I don't know if that's historically accurate. (laughs) Well, and you could tell some of the sets weren't, you know, the full, (laughs) fully realized historical place that they (laughs) should have been. But, um, But I think... 
I think that it's sort of a sneaky learning lesson for kids that it's, you know, it's got a lot of jokes and a lot of silly stuff that happens, but that, um, there is like a, a message of, uh, you know, going out and getting something done, even if people say you can't. Oh, and there's the, you know, parents don't understand that old thing. Yeah. And the, yeah. Parents don't get it. That's consistently through the thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely liked it as a kid because it was unique and because uh, they were doing something different than what everybody yeah. else was doing. Oh. But that didn't mean they weren't going to complete it. It didn't mean they weren't going to, it didn't mean they were going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of like criticism, uh, I'm trying to think of what the first thing I did think about um it's not too deep but i mean it's a kids movie right yeah that's true i didn't expect there to be like some <laughs> huge moral you know other than you know hard work well the hard the hard work you know perseveres thing was kind of cool you know yeah I, no it is, it isn't very deep they could have overcomplicated the that's the thing but they kept it simple yeah which is good I think this is the kind of movie that you could put on and let play in the background without fully paying attention to. Nah, and nah. you're like, oh my gosh, that was funny. That wouldn't work for me. Because I'd have to watch it. And then our dinner party would be ruined. Absolutely ruined. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Joel. Yes. Oh, don't cry. It's just <laughs> a dinner party, man. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was this getting too much magic, into that scenario there. dinner party. <laughs> our time machine in this movie is a telephone booth with a special antenna that goes through timelines, like, almost like phone lines, like, yeah. that alternate, like, I don't know what that is, the time stream, well, you, I guess? You, you access, well, the idea is you're accessing uh, um, different eras of time by typing in a series of numbers and then hitting pound and star at the same time to, to end it. And I used to go into phone booths sometimes and just hit buttons randomly because I want to go through time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like kind of a knockoff of Doctor Who in the police box, right? Absolutely. And yeah. they did the police box in Doctor Who so that it would blend in, at least in the, originally yes. in the time period. Yes. Um, but what would be the purpose of the phone booth there? Because it's not like... They were ever in a situation where they would have to... I guess you're right, because where did they find the time machine? Outside of a Circle K. Right. It was empty. There right. was no one around, you know? So there was no need for it to blend in. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. When did I the Mongols rule China? Uh, in the movie, they said 14-something. No, <laughs> I don't know. I just work here. I don't know. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on fire. What's wrong with you guys? I have pr- plenty of lines from this memorized, oh. but um, but the ones that I think my nephews liked the most were uh the part where um Bill says, "How's it going, Royal Ugly Dudes?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the part where they say, where they ask the brother why. He left Napoleon, and and uh, he says, because he was a dick. Ah. I don't know if I should bleep that or not. <laughs> oh, are yeah, we going for a certain rating? Uh, I'm going for PG, but, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that's a line for the movie. Well, you can just say, you can just do the first one if uh, you if want. If you want to see my my bleeping examples, you just got to listen to the faculty episode, because that's got this Is that stuff. up? Uh, No. <laughs> well, it will then, be by the time this is released, but yeah. Well, then I'll dream about mm, it. You can listen to it whenever. You want. <laughs> <laughs> I never really thought about the TARDIS because I didn't really watch Doctor Who. In 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 Doctor Who, the reason why it was stuck as a police box was because the machine had lacked the ability to. Um, it had this thing called chameleon, chameleon circuit, and it was busted, and he hasn't been able to fix it. So that's why that that that's the the uh, reason why it's stuck as a police box. Oh. Um, yeah. When did that come into the story, though? I'm going to have to say that, you know, I, I don't have, like, a specific era r- reference for that. Other than I know I know that Tom Baker mentioned it. Uh. But I'm going to have to say that before 
uh, Doctor Number Four. I'm sure it's been referenced in episodes, just because up until that point, it'd been running for like years, like since the '60s, right? So, and that was so yeah, yeah. That would be almost 15 years or something like that mm-hmm. that the show had been on air. So yeah, I'm sure they did an episode somewhere where someone was like, "Hey, some farmers like you know what's that." You know, why does it look like that? Yeah. (laughs) The Mayan Temple. Yeah, the Mayan Temple episode. I watched this really old episode of Doctor Who Mm -hmm. once, and it was on YouTube or something in black and white. Oh, cool. And it almost reminded me of, like, um, Outer Limits or something, like like a Twilight Zone-ish kind of thing. It was cool. I oh, liked yeah. it. I liked it a lot. I haven't seen a lot of the the, early, the first and second Doctor. Um, the point where I started, uh, my parents let me watch it on PBS. So cool. I, just, I just started with Doctor Number Three. To be honest with you, I've seen cool. a, I've seen a couple of references here and there. There's a really fun video on YouTube where Doctor Number One is wa- is is watching the Beatles perform from, from the <laughs> monitor of the of the TARDIS. That's which awesome. which is really cool. <laughs> Something about time traveling and rock and roll, man. It's just it's a fun combo. Yes. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a tape deck in the DeLorean. So there wasn't. Yeah. But Marty McFly could rock. Oh, he had his he had his portable yeah. tape deck on him too. Yeah. Was this before or after Back to the Future? Mm, Back to the Future was eighty what five eighty four. So this was after. Yeah. This is eighty nine. Yeah, Back to the Future I see as being kind of in the same category of having like a sci-fi element, but being like also silly. Back to the Future is less fun than this movie. Yeah, I mean, Back to the yeah, Future is indeed. freaking great. Like when it comes to <laughs> a movie, it, when it comes to which one is better, I'd say Back to the Future is a better movie than Bill and Ted. But I think that Bill and Ted is more fun altogether. Like the the whole movie is like one big package of fun. And uh, Back to the Future has a bunch of nuances of, like, uh, suspense and, uh, like, uh, actual science fiction. And this movie has, you know, I mean, time travel in itself is a science fiction concept, but it's not, it's sci-fi. It's not, it's not actual hardcore stuff at all, of course. Well, the, 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 fu- the, not until... The- the conceived future of Back to the Future, when they go to the future, I feel is more modern than what you get from Bill and Ted's future, though, which which we've been discussing a little bit about how it's, you know, like some sort of prog rock or like... Yeah, everything's basically the same, except for they've got a little more high tech in this one. It's like, maybe they're coming from the same future, but they're from a location where it's like a cult. Whoa! That's a cool concept. The Bill and Ted cult. (laughs) I saw it more as like a Star Trek future that was like that was like um, you know when you go to certain planets in Star Trek world, you end up on this one and people are dressed kind of weird, you know, and they have like weird customs and stuff, and like I almost saw it as Earth becoming this like Star Trekian like future planet. Yeah, like a, like a Federation planet where everyone is united. Yeah. Uh, the Earth was united in the Star Trek future, mm-hmm. and Bill and Ted both brought the they Earth brought together. Unity. unity. Yeah, yeah, through their amazing music. Yes, yes. Let's go back to the music for a second. What's okay. your favorite song from this? Sarah? Uh, definitely the two heads are better than one. <laughs> um, but I Can't Break Away is pretty intense, too. I don't know if that's the name of it or not, but... Um, that's a fantastic opening. Like, with the CGI crystal coming out yeah. of this, with that music going <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, it's still it's still pretty uh, intense. Like, when you're watching it now, you think, wow, where's this going? <laughs> intense opening yeah and uh yeah so the first thing that came to mind was the two heads are better than one because for some reason whenever i think of this movie that song just goes right into my head and um it's a powerful rockin' 80s song and i didn't know until today that it was written by the brothers nelson and uh dweezil zappa um, I guess they were approached by the makers of this movie and asked to make a song for it, and they 
wrote that song. You know what's terrible? Fantastic. I can sing so at cool. least a couple of Brothers Nelson songs, but I can't sing any Zappa songs at all, so I'm just going to... We're only on the second floor. i got to go up a couple floors no, and jump off. Don't think... Think about <laughs> it. Remember, you're a sparkly vampire. <laughs> You'll survive the fall. <laughs> the rain. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm, forgot about that. It's nighttime, so no one will know my secret. <laughs> and and the future people, the like the elders or whatever that they speak to when they come into the future. The three most important people in the world. That's what they're called in the credits, right. I guess. Um Wow, it sounds like I've been studying this like really hard, this movie. <laughs> like I've just been watching it every day for the last decade. <laughs> I just watched it a lot when I was younger, and I've seen it a few times recently. Yeah, and you got that 10,000-word essay that you read. Uh, I have a really good memory for music, and I always have. Like, sometimes on the first listen of a song, I'll just remember, like, a line and a melody from it, and then it's just, then I've just got it in my memory bank. But, um... That's awesome. <laughs> Aaron, yeah, pick a song. Um, I'd say if I have to pick a song from this movie that that I found to be super entertaining. Uh, I don't know if I can pinpoint one. I mean, the, the, the scene where they do go to the future, I, I feel is very, it's a very powerful scene. The music, the music is done in such a way that allows you to like really get the message across that everyone is brought together, you know, be excellent to each other. You know, when, when they say that, like the music in the background really solidifies the fact that you're like, yeah, I could see this, you know? <laughs> this is a utopian dis- society where everyone, everyone can just air, air guitar at each other, you know? And like, I, you, you know, everyone could be equal. Like, you know, race is not an issue. Religion's not, no longer an issue. I can just, I can just look at you. You can look at me and we can air guitar at each other and we can both come to some type of agreement that, you know, we're great and <laughs> things are great. And it's I really all gonna think be okay. there's no other song. All the other songs in the film are fun. I feel like are really fun, but that one is almost like the 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 Wizard of Oz, like black and white to color. Like that, if if you could take a cinema moment and put it in into into, into music, <laughs> that's what it felt like to me, anyways. Like because there they are, the future is realized, and they are the ones who caused this. And it's just kind of like a. Wow! Like, I, I, you know, and, or, or even better in, in, in Ted's terms, you know, whoa. Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. It's you. It's us. Ooh, we. Totally. Yeah. Well, I gotta either go with during the mall. I, I absolutely love that whole guitar thing that, that's extreme. I don't, do you know extreme? Oh my gosh. You didn't, you, you, extreme. you grew up just after us, Aaron, so you don't know. Not, I don't, not I think extreme, years, I think yeah. extreme was beyond my, my, oh boy, oh uh, you boy. Well, you what I miss out on, guys. You have older siblings either, that's nope, the key. Nope, I was the oldest. Said, well, she, she didn't have older siblings. Hey, you know what? I don't know why I know this stuff. But tell, tell me about extreme. What, What's what is that? the extreme? What is the single that they had? Well, now I'm going to guess wrong because I always confuse the ones with... Uh, is it more than words? Mr. Big and... Um, Mr. Big is... Uh, I'm the one who wants to be yeah. with you. So extreme must be more than words. Yeah, I think it. Mu- I think more than words is the one where they're jamming um, yeah. in the, the studio or whatever. Yeah, made famous by... Uh, Mike Myers in the movie uh, The Love Guru. No, nothing was made famous by that. Never mind. <laughs> Apparently he sings that song. Yeah, fact check me on that, but I think extreme is more than words. I'm pretty sure you're right. And more than words is... Um... <laughs> more than words is just one of those priceless songs. Don't alienate all the listeners. I'm sure they all love that song. No, no. I I think it's awesome, but I also think, you know, watching this, it's definitely dated. There's a a slice of time where all of these things made sense together, (laughs) and now they're all sort of outdated in their own way. Um, music's totally different. Clothes are totally different. It is a time capsule, though. Yeah. It's a really fun time capsule. Mm. Totally. Yeah. It is... It pinpoints a time period that I feel like is after 
slightly after the 80s valley girl thing, but right before the whole grunge thing. Which, I mean, I, I don't think it was an exact transition from one thing to the other, obviously, uh, but it's these guys are not stoners, but they act like what you would think a stereotypical stoner acts like. It, they There's talk with the California surfer talk, you know, the dude and all that stuff, but they also use super intelligent words like <laughs> heinous and <laughs> triumphant. and uh, <laughs> What was that part I was laughing about? Uh Figures of historical significance or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Star. yeah. yeah uh, was it Bill walks up to a bunch of peasants and, and he asks if there's any... Uh, any uh, Personages <laughs> of historical significance. It's even more detailed than I remember. Yeah, personages. Yeah. It's like, and that's something that... That reminds me of Clueless because they, were, they used a lot of big words in that, right? To sound smart or whatever they were going for. It's, it, you know, their school system was teaching them this stuff. It's... I don't know. It's like, it reminded me of Clueless. It reminded me of Wayne's World. Um, although that's different, too. But they had that rocker attitude. You going to show your nephew's Wayne's World? Yes. Okay. Probably not yet. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but I think this... You and I both really like Wayne's World, too. Um, and that was another one I used to watch with my aunt. <laughs> yeah, Wayne's World. Wayne's World was a huge influence for me too. My my aunt was actually a huge fan of that, and I I to this day like I think she came to my house once. This is my aunt Sue. If you're listening, this is this is a story I remember of you. Um, uh, I'll I'll blast you across the podcast. Hi, Aunt Sue. Um, <laughs> you uh you were uh you you came in the house and you looked at my mom and you're like, hey. Do you need to spew? Spew in this. And you held up a little paper cup. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think I think at that time your hair was pretty much just like Dana Carvey's. So they thank you, Aunt Sue. It was a beautiful moment. And I, I'll never forget. I love you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I had a cool aunt. My Aunt Chris. Shout out to my Aunt Chris if she's listening. Um yeah, we didn't have very many tapes at my house, at my own house back then. Um, and my Aunt Chris had a really awesome uh, tape collection of movies. And she used to hang out with us a lot. And she showed us stuff like Wayne's World and um, stuff like this. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And um, yeah, it reminds me of her. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what, if there was like a pivotal memory I had like that of her doing something that was like, that was just so this time period. The first thing that comes to mind is actually my stepdad brought home a CD of uh, Sgt. Pepper's for the first time. It was released on CD. Wow. And um, he put it on our CD player, new CD player. And uh, my Aunt Chris started dancing to it in the kitchen. And it was, like, just totally 80s dancing. Like, totally. And oh, so that was my... That's the that's the memory I have when I'm thinking back on this era <laughs> of my aunt that introduced me to this movie. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Rock and roll and so time fun. travel. It sounds like it's just all fun memories and stuff like that. Like, that's why you've got such an attachment to it. I don't remember particularly watching this with any family members. I'm sure I must have, but... I mean, the reason why I know that song was by Extreme is because my older brother had, like, Extreme on cassette tape. Would listen to that stuff. But, uh, that's that's about as far as I can remember. Um, it was just one of those movies we had on VHS that I could watch over and over again. I wonder if there was like an age where you know if they if there were kids in high school at the time that thought it was real stupid. I wonder that now. I'm sure. I'm sure there was a demographic yeah. that was just like this is for babies. You know, like I'm or, sure of it, I'm or sure that it. thought that whole like dude thing was stu- uh, that w- the way they talked and acted. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not in our town, there weren't. Because we were all saying dude. 
We all still say do. Still do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. They will not. It will not leave my vocabulary. I've tried. <laughs> I've even. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, it leave your vocabulary. <laughs> so, is there anything else you guys want to hit about the movie? About this movie. You know, I'm I'm pretty confident that we've covered all the major bases. You know, cool. um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that needs to be mentioned real quick. Um, I don't know, just the Jonah. I, I don't know if we even spoke a little bit about the mall scene, but I just wanted to say real quick that I just every every part of that was amazing, and like uh, I just loved I love the number of montages in this film yeah. are just amazing, and I don't know if we need to cover that or if we've already we covered it. Just go over it real quick. Oh yeah, my gosh, yeah. how amazing is that? Yeah, I, I didn't even really notice it until until when we were watching, and Joel was just like montage. Montage, montage, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're right!" But but it, but it really brings the story together. It really yeah. does. It it's gives. Not, yeah, they're not trying to hurry through everything. They they make it kind of awesome. Like we we didn't need to see them all separately. You know, there's the part where uh, Bill's mom Missy makes him clean the house. We didn't need to have like, oh, we're kind of messing up with the vacuum cleaner. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Al Leong is brushing his head with a toilet brush. Uh, we did get all those parts, but they were all just really quick with that that rock music playing in the background, and like, like, uh, or it was the, Napoleon going down the water slides. Oh, yeah. See that? That's I think second is, place for music for me, right there. Yeah, <laughs> boys yeah. and the girls are doing it. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> they're doing. They're going down the water slides. Mm-hmm. The, that's what I thought was so great because it was like Napoleon, this mean guy, this mean person who was like a war <laughs> fighter, and and then they he ends up at the at raging waters. I like how he he has to interact with those children and stuff like that. I want to like imagine being on the set and seeing. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> pretending to argue with that little girl, and she, yeah. she'd be like, "No," and he's like, "No." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> or like taking some kid down the slide with mm-hmm. him. That would have been really fun. Picking her up and running up the stairs. We're not going fast enough. Yeah, <laughs> <That's great. laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's silly. I, I, I'll say that a hundred times, but, but I mean. It's like you and I were talking about what our favorite movie to watch is. Like, if you had to choose one, we were saying that most of the time we'd probably choose the first Die Hard movie. If we had to choose a movie to watch that we've seen a million times before. Yeah, I could put like a top five list together real quick. It'd probably be Die Hard, Bill and Ted, Wayne's World, Groundhog Day, and uh, uh, maybe High Fidelity because I'm a sap. You know, these, those are the movies that I could just, like, have on there, you know. And Bill and Ted, definitely on that list. Like, hey, we're going to watch something. Is it going to be Bill and Ted? If it's not, I'm leaving. No, that's not That's not what I meant. But <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we've seen Die Hard a lot of times. Yep. Die Hard and... Al Leong is also in that movie. He's the Asian guy that steals from the candy counter. Oh. He's acting all coy about it. <laughs> like, nobody look. Dude, you guys are breaking into the building. Don't see him stealing the candy bar. Yeah. I think sometimes you just want to put on a movie because it's fun. And, yes. you know, it's... Mm-hmm. I definitely like a lot of movies that are way more challenging than this one. And, uh, you know, it was my pick this week. And I was between this movie and a very different one that I watched with my mom. What was that one again? Uh, uh, it's called... The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Sounds let's intriguing. Look, let's though. look it up real yeah. quick. I think it's um got the world, the flesh, and the devil from nineteen fifty nine. The that movie. Yeah, has Harry Belafonte, and it deals with uh, some pretty serious issues for the time back then. It was. Um, kind of uh controversial because there's um a relationship between um a white woman and a black man after sort of a uh disaster strikes and there aren't any people left around um but it's a really good movie as well and i probably would have chosen that one if i hadn't chosen this one 
Is Harry Belafonte the one who sings the the well, the Calypso songs that are in Beetlejuice? He's yeah, he was a singer and and he uh he sang like yeah, a banana. Yeah, that's great. Uh, banana. <laughs> Banana, banana, banana. No. Um, <laughs> I can make up my own banana song. Pajama, That's pajama, cool. banana. <laughs> banana, 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 pajama, pajama. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I listen to that. I think we finally found a theme song yeah. for our show. Banana, banana, oh, Mr. pajama. Tally man, tally me banana. Like yeah, I think that's Harry Belafonte. Yeah. I knew some, I, I know some of his songs now because they were in that play that happened at the theater i used to work at i used to work at a live theater hmm. that I shall not that, that shall not be named and there was like a folk retrospective oh who's in that one yeah oh okay it must have been during the second i think half. like the midnight special and stuff oh and i shouldn't uh, say that i didn't stick around for the second <laughs> i got sick to my stomach at the intermission and okay. we had to leave that's and then right. later on i saw the second that's act right. yeah yeah it wasn't my fault i'm a great theater goer <laughs> Everyone's watching me fidget right now. Anyway, so my so now I can redeem myself a little bit by saying that was my second choice because I know everyone out there is going to listen to this and think, God, Sarah's yeah. really no. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh... Redemption is not a factor in this. Bill and Ted. I know. I, I understand. I understand what you're getting at. That it is a guilty pleasure, yeah. perhaps. Aaron. But, Aaron. Let's just give it to her straight. We're not actually recording this. I've pre-recorded this, and uh-huh. this is a video. So we just wanted to humor you. And after this, we're going to call the men in the white coats to take you away, because anyone who likes Bill and Ted as much as Part of me here. thinks that you're being real right now. <laughs> hey, man, I mean, if we're, if, if we're going to compare these, I mean, my choice was the faculty. Yes. So, so I, mean, I mean, I'm going to have to say... This is, like, way over my choice. I was going to say that in the beginning of the podcast, but I didn't get a chance to. It was like, don't feel bad. Aaron chose the faculty. What's your choice? I haven't picked my choice yet. What is your choice going to be? It's going to be something stupid. But I want to know. I'm not going to tell you yet. You'll have to wait until the randomizer breaks down again. Speaking of randomizers, I think it's taken about a week or so to recharge. Maybe you should try to press that uh, that, that oddly shaped button over there. It's kind of a... I don't know what we're supposed to be visualizing here, but I'm, I'm visualizing a cardboard box. Well, <laughs> you're not visualizing anything. It's a real thing. You're looking at a cardboard box. It's in the cardboard box. <laughs> it's like Sh- Sh- uh, Schrodinger's, uh, uh, how do you say that guy's name? Schroeder Sh- <laughs> from Peanuts. Uh, <laughs> cat. What is it? While it's in the box, it's neither alive nor dead. And that's the way the randomizer is. Yeah, so we're hoping just, it's dead. We just lift a little bit, a little bit, and then we'll just, peek, you know, put our <laughs> ear next to it, and maybe it'll whisper, you know, some sweet nothings to us and let us know exactly what the next film is. Yeah, if you listen to the last podcast, you'll hear that I was kind of assaulted by the randomizer last time. But, um, Aaron? Oh, yeah. We need to talk about this. because right. This is some serious talk here, I can tell. It said something to me. Whoa. Whoa, for reals? What did what, what, what it tell you? It wasn't, what, what, what intel- it it wasn't intelligible. It was like mm. garbled alien speak. There's there's no other way okay. to say it. So, how, how similar was it to the to the um, the drone from uh, Empire Strikes Back? Very similar. Oh, man. It's almost as if I left my VH copy, VHS copy of Empire Strikes Back in the box with a randomizer. Trying to get it to choose Star Wars next time. Yeah, I'm not man. saying that's what happened, but... I don't want to know what happened to that tape in there. It, but anyway. <clears throat> that's good. Visualize it as looking like the toaster the toaster robot from the Star Wars, the first movie. Okay, good deal. Uh, anyways, that's fine. That's fine. Let's, let's start it up right here. Let's get okay. it going. All right. Play some music to uh, soothe the savage beast. Okay, seems fine right now. Uh, okay, press that button. Okay. Uh, turn the dial. Oh, here it goes. Okay, it seems fine. Oh, right now. whoa. That's a lot of smoke. But, yeah. Uh, okay, we got a... Wow, never heard of this. Trapped by Television from 1936. Oh. That's huh. weird. That sounds like something that would be on uh, MST3K. Huh. I don't know if huh. it was. 
Okay. Cool. Uh, hey, I didn't get hurt. Mine, yeah. I can put it back. <laughs> Science fiction movie from 1936. Trapped by television. Don't know anything about it. Nope. None of us do. It's available on YouTube for free if you're looking to watch it. At least at the time of this recording, it was. Maybe they'll take it down because it becomes too popular. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got a strained look on your face like you're... No, don't be embarrassed. <laughs> it's great. It's cool. Everything's fine. Oh, man. So, until next week. Uh, oh, oh, that's right. I, I always forget. I, I want to consistently do this from now on. If you guys want to email us, please send an email to please don't podcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we have the Twitter handle Outer Space Pod. And uh, individually, you can follow Aaron at, uh, at HyperHeroMan, H-Y-P-E-R-H-E-R-O-M-A-N. And mine is at JDT Movies. If you can't spell that, I can't help you. Um, other than that, I think that's it. I've been Joel. Uh, be excellent to each other. I've been Aaron. Uh, I'm Sarah... Uh, party on. Dudes. You gotta say dudes. I don't care what your nephew say. Dudes. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 I think, um, okay. Dig that Sierra miss. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Feeling it. On a hot day like this, it's always good to have some nice Sierra mist. <laughs> Mmm. Thanks, Sarah. Advertisements. <sighs> Those big bucks. All right. It's the taste of the new generation. I can feel the bubbles. Mmm. <laughs>